Hey there, 20-somethings. Welcome to I've Been There, a podcast full of conversations with real people sharing their real stories on how they got through the turbulent times of their 20s to help you get through yours. I'm your host, Nicole, also a 20-something who's undergone some serious life turbulence lately. Ready to get through those quarter-life crises? Let's dive on in. Hey there, 20-somethings. Welcome back to the I've Been There podcast. Today's episode, we are talking all about careers and all of that good stuff because we know that that can be fairly bumpy whether you are looking for an internship or you're fresh out of college and looking for your first job or maybe you are a listener who is job pivoting and you have some questions. Whatever the case may be, we are going to dive into all of that today with our guest, Stephanie Nussbaum. And Stephanie is a certified career coach with the World Coaching Institute. She helps burnt out professional women find the career that actually gets them out of the bed in the morning rather than hitting their snooze button. Who can relate? Stephanie has worked all over the board, including small family businesses, large corporations, and everything in between. And I have the special privilege of knowing Stephanie, who has actually helped me in my career in the past. We met in our business mastermind as we were both starting our first businesses. So it was really awesome to connect with her through that. And I was super excited to reach out to her because I know a lot of you, our listeners, have questions about careers and jobs and all of the things in between. So really hope you enjoy the episode. I do want to caution that I was a little sick when I pre-recorded this episode with Stephanie. So might sound a little bit nasally, but you'll get the point. All right, let's dive on in. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. This is a topic that I am very passionate about and I can nerd out over completely. So I'm, I've got my energy up and I'm so excited. <laughs> Great. Awesome. So happy. Well, yeah, let's dive in. Let's just, you know, give our uh, listeners a little bit of a background on what you do as a career coach and how you kind of serve others, especially those in their twenties. Yeah. So as a career coach, I really want to help women who are feeling burnt out and maybe not like like they're not in the right space because that's definitely something I've been. It's a little history about me. I like to call my resume a mastermind in randomness. I got my degree in theater. I was that kid in high school who did everything from mock trial to dancing to theater to, you know, kind of stayed in the arts, but then into like writing and power of the pens. I was always doing something and it never compiled together. Mm-hmm. And then got my degree in theater and then went from that to admin work to I drove carriages for horse carriages for a while. Wow. I worked with weddings and selling those. I taught theater. So, you know, definitely the jumping back and forth and realizing that maybe I didn't quite know what I wanted to do in my 20s and even into my 30s and understanding that, you know, what that looked like and, you know, being, I felt like I was a flaky person for the longest time. I was like, I'll never be happy. This will never work. What am I doing? Mm -hmm. And really kind of settling down with myself and being honest with myself about what I want to do or who I am as a person. And I want that for others because I feel like we get stuck in one path thinking our career should be linear when they are not at all you know there are side journeys there are forks in their roads and you know that's okay and that's completely normal as much as we don't talk about it enough 
Yeah. I love that you just highlight, highlighted that it, it is normal. Um, because I really feel there's this perception that when you have the one career, that's it. You stay focused in that one lane. And I just, I really feel as time continues to evolve, generations evolve, it's really not like that anymore. And we are, we're kind of living in a, in a society where we're having multiple jobs maybe, or we do an extreme pivot and that's totally okay. I think it actually makes us very diverse and helps us gain a lot of different qualities that might help us get to whatever career path that might be a little bit farther down the line in our futures. Yeah, definitely. I mean, think about it. When you go to college, most of us start at what, like 17, 18, 18, thinking about what we want to do. I don't know a lot of people that still have the same interests and lifestyle as they did at 17 and 18. Mm-hmm. So you're making this huge life choice saying this is what, and granted, like, you know, you can go and declare and you can change your majors and things like that, but you still are getting out in your, you know, early mid twenties. And now you're open to the world and you're like, do I just stick with that? And some people do, but I think the statistics are there are less than 50% of people doing a job that they got a career degree in. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, especially going to the, like the bachelor's, once you kind of get in your master's, I think it gets a little lower, but that's because you're kind of later in that life and in that career. Sure. But it, it's starting, you know, I, I can't imagine being 18 again and making a decision. And that's going to be the decision I have to stick with for the rest of my life. It's just so, it's so crazy <laughs> to me. Like now that I'm older, when I was like 18, I was like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. Yep. I'm going to do theater. I'm going to be that person. I'm going to go off and I'm going to do it. And it just didn't work out that way. And mm-hmm. you know, being okay with that took a long time for me. Yeah. I, I was in the same boat as well. I, When I was graduating high school, I really wanted to be a news reporter. I was all about it. I was like, I want to be on TV. I want to report the news. I just, I had the the qualities for it and I really enjoyed it. And then it wasn't until I did go to college and I started joining the TV stations and all of that. And I saw the lifestyle of it. And I was like, this is not for me. I don't want to be waking up at two o'clock in the morning to cover some crazy story. (laughs) Um, And then I was like, well, crap. Like I really don't know what to do. I went into public relations and now I'm doing marketing completely. So (laughs) yeah, we all want that, that glamor job right now. As soon as I think that's what we're led to believe that as soon as you get out of college, you're going to hit the ground running and be that glamor job when that's not, you know, there's entrance jobs, there's pivoting. And, you know, maybe like you said, you get into the career and you realize that this isn't Mm -hmm. what I want to do. I didn't see this part of it. And what this actually looks like theater being the same. I, I don't know that I wanted a life that was, I love traveling. I don't know that I wanted the life that was completely get up and go on the road in touring or things like that. So I still do theater and love it. And it's a great hobby and it's what I do on the side, but I don't know that it was a life I was ready to lead in myself. So until you get to it and do it, sometimes you don't know because that, yeah. that aspect may not be there for you to learn. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So in in terms of that, what are some of the biggest obstacles you see among 20, you know, 20 something year olds kind of going through right now in their careers um, other than, you know, the whole patience aspect and, and getting, finding their, their niche? Yeah. I think the biggest thing I ever see is the I shoulds, you know, we get not only the I shoulds of 
well, I'm 20. I should know what I want to do. Now I'm 25. I should be finding myself, you know, we even get it in relationships. I should be finding my guy uh, married by 27, 28, kids by 30, house by 32, stuff like that. Um, we get stuck in these. This is what the timeline should be. I should get an entrance job, go to college, do my bachelor's, my master's, all of that, do my education, go in, get a job in the same career, entry job, work my way up by 30. I should have a like salaried, like awesome, like affordable house kind of thing. And I, I see us getting stuck and especially women getting stuck in the I shoulds. And anytime you're saying I should have, or I should already, or I should be, we're putting others' limitations on ourselves rather than opening up to the possibilities that could be, you know? So we, we shut down these opportunities to ourselves and say, I, well, I want to do that, but I should already be 30 and having a corner office or something like yeah. that or working my way up towards that. So that's, that's my, that's the biggest obstacle I know I got into. And mm -hmm. I see a lot of people doing and being like, well, I thought by now, I think a lot of us, especially millennials, we went through a, you know, a lot growing up and there was such a, a societal shift in everything from our, our growing up, everything we've gone through as children into like recessions. I went to school, I was started college in 2008 and I hit my freshman year, the year, everything the, the great recession hit and it went from everything was great. I thought I was going to go to the school of my dreams. Then my post, my parents lost their jobs and couldn't pivot. My, my siblings were super young still. So trying to figure out how that worked. Um, so I think just getting rid of what we have an idea of what the 1950s lifestyle was is sure. kind of where we we imagine the, the household wife and the husband coming home and the 40 hour work week and things like that. And getting rid of that should be is the biggest thing we need to learn. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's totally spot on. And that's kind of where I was at when I was waitressing, I said, mm -hmm. I should be doing something completely opposite. <laughs> um, but I think also, I really believe the pandemic just really shifted a lot of our mindsets with careers as well. We kind of, I mean, obviously the whole job field has completely changed with remote work and a little bit more flexibility now and things like that. But I just think a lot of folks had a lot of time to reflect on their careers yeah. and identify things that might be working or not working or, you know, valuing employees and things like that. So understanding that there's going to be these life changes like mm -hmm. a pandemic right. <laughs> that we no might not. Predict, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That we, we can't predict, we can't really yeah. plan for whether that's something that it goes on with your family or, you know, even something could go on with the company itself. Something could happen and you lose your job for whatever reason. And it, it really makes you think like, Hmm, then you know, maybe I can take a different avenue. Um, yeah. but, but I really, really like what you said about, you know, the shoulds and everything like that. And I think, well, let me ask you, like, is there any, um, tips or anything to kind of help us get out of that should mindset and kind of be a little yeah. bit more present with the, the career path we're currently on? Yeah. I, a lot of it goes with look at your energies because 
I, so I did a lot of admin work. I've done data entry admin. I kind of started my college careers in data entry because I thought I was a computer girl. I was like, yeah, I'm techie. My dad was a programmer. I'm techie tech. And I love computers and I love being on them and I love spreadsheets and stuff. But I thought my ideal life was sitting at a desk, being here, typing away and working my way up towards that. But then when I noticed that um, in my, I was furloughed for in the pandemic for about three months. And I think that's when it hit that I, I don't want to sit at a desk for my life and my career and look at a computer and answer a phone and put it back down and be on someone else's timeline as in this is what I expect you to do all day. I think that was the one that got me started in, it gave us time too. I think that's the important part is it gave us time away. Um, we get so stuck in the everyday hustle that we don't have time to take for ourselves. We, it doesn't, we come home from an eight hour shift. We have dinner, we go to bed, we get up, we do eight hours and stuff like that. So we barely give ourselves any time, but understand if you are coming home, there's such a difference between I'm coming home and I'm tired because I did a lot. And there's another energy where it's, I came home and I'm tired because I am dreading and I am just Mm. keeping my head above water to survive my job. Yeah. And I think I was, I was there before the pandemic and I didn't quite realize it. I knew I didn't like my job. I, I had a toxic coworker that we were dealing with Yeah. and it was just draining my energy that I came home and I couldn't do anything. I was just so tired. I didn't want to like do anything other than grab a glass of wine and watch next, excuse me, watch Netflix all day. It's just like, there was no other energy for anything else for me. Um, and then the pandemic hit and I had so much time. We had, you know, 24 hours now (laughs) too much time. Yeah. And it was crazy. And I think that that's where we all started shifting our energies and you're like, Oh, I really love reading and learning about, I love the career aspect and reading and learning about it. Mm-hmm. I nerd out over it. Actually, my fiance and I were having career discussions at like 6 a.m. yesterday because my mind just turns on to it. Yeah. And about how do we better hire at, you know, I do have a day job and how do we hi- better hire at that? And what does that look like in the modern day? Because what used to work doesn't work. And yeah. so I I noticed that I love learning about that stuff and I noticed that I got energetic and excited about it. So if you feel like you are in a place where you come home and you're just tired of dealing and there's going to be days, we're not going to have like the perfect day every day, every, every day, every job's going to have some like, Oh, that sucked. Even if you love your, your career and your, what you're doing, but look at the overarching aspect of it. If you are coming home on a day-to-day basis and saying, I hate my life. I hate my job. I I don't want to go back. You know, if you're getting the Sunday scaries every day and Mm -hmm. you're dreading going into work, I had days where I was like, and I'm not an anxious person, but I had days where I would just feel like, like driving in that my, my chest was tightening. And I noticed that that's, that's something I had to change. So, um, working with what I enjoyed with career. So what can I do to help women who are in this aspect that I was and saying, we don't have to stay in there. You don't, you don't have yeah. to. Okay. Yeah. I, I think that's so, that's so important. That last part is you have a choice because I think a lot of us, especially maybe women, we feel that 
it's almost like we are so tied to a a job and it's almost like we are supposed to stick with it for for whatever reason. I've had friends, I have relatives who really really could not leave a job because they felt responsible for everything that happened in in the in the company. Um, and they weren't in, you know, they weren't in that high up level. So that was a huge red, red flag seeing in some of my friends and just seeing how drained they were and miserable and lack of work-life balance, lack of vacation days. And they still just had this limiting belief that I need to stay, but I'm not sure why. And I hate it, but I have to stay. So is, is there any advice for us of those who might be in that situation? They really just feel like they can't detach from this, from this job, even though they know it's not serving them. Um, how, how can they kind of take a step back and maybe, um, leave, find a new, new job, find a different career path? Yeah, I think you have to make that decision. It's not an easy decision to make, and it's not going to be, a I'm going to turn in my notice and then suddenly go find the job I love. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it might be, I have to work in this job until I find something. Yeah. But understand a workplace that makes you feel worthless is not a workplace that, you know, you deserve to be in that deserves you. And I, it's, it's going to sound so, you know, mean, but everyone's replaceable. Like, you can leave that job and they're going to have your, your job up within a day or two. So don't, don't put that on you because everyone's replaceable. And I mean that in a great way, because there could be somebody waiting for that job outside saying, this Mm -hmm. is the job I want. And you're limiting yourself and saying, well, I can't leave. So that's, that's where I think you need to sit down and be honest with yourself that I need to leave and look at, don't go back to the job board. I don't, don't emotional apply. So we get, mm. we get those where we all get that day where it's like, I quit yeah. and you want to rage quit. And you just want to go type and hit any yep. job that sounds fun, but you're just going to get into this vicious cycle of now I'm unhappy because you just did it out of emotion. Yeah. So take a breath, relax, make sure you're in a better spot when you're applying and find a job. I, I, the way I see it is make a list of your strengths and weaknesses that we all get asked in interviews, but also start making a list of things that deplete your energy. If you Mm. realize that talking to people and being on the phone depletes your energy, then maybe you shouldn't get a a job that has that aspect and you're not answering the company phone. Um, If spreadsheets tire you out, maybe you shouldn't find a job that is predominantly spreadsheets or computer-based. So look at things that energize you and deplete you. And there's always going to be a little bit of both, but make, I I would try to find a job that has more and in interviews that that's, you're going to ask more of those. So what does this job look like on a day-to-day basis? What do I, you know, what do you see it happening? What do you see for it? Um, just the everyday tasks, because they're not going to be all listed in the job description just because you can't, or your job description is going to be forever long. There's always little things. So just knowing yourself and being honest with yourself, which is the hardest thing. It's so easy to say, like, just be honest with yourself. It is so hard though. Yeah. Just watch where your, your happiness and where you're feeling at your best and what is causing that. And that's what you're going to find things that you really love in a job that makes you excited to get out of bed rather than, Oh God, I just want to hit the snooze button. Cause I, I don't want to do this. Sure. 
Yeah, I I can totally relate. Right before the pandemic, I was working at a small gym franchise on Long Island, and it was just a team of two in our marketing marketing department, quote unquote, you can call it. <laughs> it was a very small gym. Um, great experience, just learning how to manage a lot of conflicts and situations and managing, not, yeah, basically managing my boss, um, who wasn't a huge fan of conflict resolution and just really had a lot of big ideas, but wouldn't strategize them. Right. So Conrad always had always had to reel him back in. And um, I was being overworked and severely underpaid. I was think I would think I was working 60 hour work weeks and not getting, you know, um, incentivized for it. So that was where it was right before the pandemic. And I remember creating a list, like you said, I made a list of pros and cons because I was on kind of on the fence. I was, you know, still kind of a waitress on the weekends while I was still working those 60 hours. And then, but I had those same emotions. I would drive to work and I was like, wow, I have to work like a 12 hour workday right now. And just thinking all of the, all of the things and my chest was getting tight, like you said. And Mm -hmm. I remember coming home as well after work and just being like, so frustrated and annoyed. And it started to affect my relationship with my significant other. So that, that was huge. And that was where I knew, okay, there, there has to be something I can do. And what's going to happen if I don't stay here and what's going to happen if I do stay here. And I made those that pros and cons list, and that cons list was very long. <laughs> and that's yeah, where... I don't think you should ever discount. I think we always think of pros and cons as like such a like almost like a high school like childish thing, but don't ever discount like a good pro and con list yeah. because it's amazing. And I don't you know take it with you and do it a couple times. Like take that with you, keep it on your phone, and just say like oh, this happened. Now I'm going to, cause yeah. of course that can go with your emotions. If you're having a good day, the pros get really, really good. Sure. If a bad day, the cons get really, really bad. So keeping it with you and just being like that happened, let me figure out where that goes. So yeah, yeah. I love, I love that you did that. It's such a brilliant idea. Yeah, I, I did that. And because I was also on, on the fence, I was like, oh my gosh, like, you know, I feel, I still feel tied to this, to mm-hmm. this role and it's, it's giving me this experience, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it wasn't fulfilling that career outlook that I really mm-hmm. envisioned for myself. And, um, you know, as soon as, you know, we were working for a gym, so the pandemic shut all the gyms down. And in that moment I said, I have to go. <laughs> I, <laughs> I really can't do this. The pandemic is obviously not helping it. And then that's when I went into freelance and started my marketing business and everything like that. So it was a blessing in disguise a little right. bit. Um, but had I not kind of taken that time to really sit with myself and kind of see, look at myself, Hey, Nicole, like you're in this role that's not fulfilling you. So what can we do about it? Um, And I want to point out something you said about it affecting your relationship too, because sorry, I I may go on a tangent, but the work-life balance we all think about, that is such a myth. Like get get that out of your mind. Like I was telling somebody when you come into work, they always say like, oh, leave your life, personal life at the door. Well, you can't, you know, if something major happened in your life, you can't just shut it off and be like, I'm happy now. Yay. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, your and work at the same thing, work and energy, it's going to affect your home life and how you're coming home and how you're feeling about yourself and your home. 
So I, I think we need to get rid of a work-life balance and think of it as like a mixture. And there's this gray area that, you know, you can have boundaries and that's great. I'm not going to answer my work phone after this time. This is my family time and being serious about those boundaries, but they're not separate things. They're, they're, they're very much your life. Your life is one thing and your life has many gray areas that, or I think of it as like a puzzle piece. You have your work, your hobbies, things you like to do, your relationships, your family, your history, past, future, um, and present. All of them are little puzzle pieces making this one big picture. And if you were to take puzzle pieces and say, well, these don't belong together, I'm getting, you know, separating them, then you'll never have a complete picture and you'll never have a complete life because those have to go together and blend to make the whole like life and picture. So just thinking about getting rid of this whole work-life balance thing and that, well, if I, you know, I can have my eight hour job and then shut it off and just go home and be fine. That'll never happen. It doesn't work that way. You're, if you have a terrible time at work and a time that is destroying your mental stability and your mental health and your, which then goes into physical health. You know, you become, if if you're having a terrible time in burnout, you're going to start getting into some sickness and illness and you'll see yourself getting worn out more. You know, you, you have to think that you can't just leave burnout at the door and say, well, I'm home now. So I'm happy. I'm fine. Everything's perfect. That's not how it works out. Yeah. Yeah. That's so important. So going into burnout, then what, what's kind of your definition of being busy and versus Mm -hmm. productive? Because I was actually thinking about this the other day at work. I just, I've, I've gained a lot more responsibility in my job, which is fantastic. And I love it. However, my day to day is getting a little bit fuller and lengthier. And I've noticed I, I got sick. I was just like, grinding myself into the ground, going to the gym, doing too many things on the weekends and just like not giving myself rest, especially mental rest. At the end of my workday, I go straight into working out and it's like pretty intense workout and things like that. Um, And I was just kind of looking at my to-do list and I said, how can I make myself more productive with this rather Mm -hmm. than feeling overwhelmed? Yeah. Yeah. I I think there's a busy or a big difference between busy and productive. And we see, I always think of busy people as the ones who are like, it's to make yourself almost just for lack of better terms, make yourself feel important. Cause you're like, I'm going, 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 going. And Mm. that's, it's this hustle culture we get ourselves into. I hate hustle culture (laughs) so much because we say, you know, it's not, it's not productive. Productivity is being organized and also being able to, you know, put on your to-do list rest. Busy doesn't actually get anything done because you're, you're jumping from task to task. You're going around. Even if you time block, you're still like, I'm never going to catch up. You know, I'm never going to be able to finish this project because I'm always busy. You can't, you, you just can't. You're almost like a cup that's overflowing being productive, you can still take on more tasks, but I think the important part is knowing the difference between a hell yeah and a hell you know. And if it's taking on, if you're taking on something and you're like, well, how do I feel about this? If it's not a hell yeah, then it should be a hell no. And there's always not going to be a choice for that. You know, especially as business owners, we take on so much. And there are times where your boss is going to say, I need your help with this. I think organizing it into your day and being honest with your bandwidth. We all have a certain amount of bandwidth. 
Mm-hmm. But adding rest. I actually saw a quote. It was, we would never expect our phones or our electronics to work for days and days and days without charging them. Why do we expect ours, us and our bodies to work better than an electronic device? Wow. We can't expect ourselves to properly function mentally and physically if we are not giving ourselves that rest mm-hmm. and relaxation. And that's not just like your eight hours of sleep. That's your paid time off. Your PTO is super important. I challenge every listener to use every PTO hour they have. It's hard and it's awkward because we all feel responsible for our roles. I'm the only one currently in my day job. I'm, I'm an admin and I help out and I'm the only one in that role. And here I am in June going to be taking 14 days off for my wedding and my honeymoon. And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, how am I supposed to like help you guys out and do things? And, oh, I can't, I need to like be here. And, you know, understanding that that's my time to enjoy this new step in my life. And if I didn't have that, then I would never be able to, you know, feel that excitement of being married. Cause it's like, Hey, you get married on Saturday and uh, back to work mm-hmm. on Monday. Hope you had fun. That was great. <laughs> um, so understanding that we need to take time for ourselves because we need to be properly working. And also that leads into helping others. You, if you're not mentally or physically working at, you know, a, a capacity or a great capacity or like a well-oiled machine, then you can't help anyone else because you're going to burn yourself out and make yourself ill. So taking care of yourself means you can also take care of others, which is important to, I think a lot of us and probably a lot of your listeners, you know, not only family, but teammates, we want to be there for them, but you can, if you are homesick because you, you, and not even just a physical illness, like mental illness. Yeah. So, and that leads into also not just your PTO is in like, Hey, I'm taking a weekend off to go on vacation. Take a mental health day. Say, I am feeling the strains. I like to, I always feel my brain when, um, my alert to me when I'm getting into burnout and to going is I feel staticky. Like my brain is just going, going, going. And it feels like the old TVs that used to have static <laughs> on them. That's what I feel like. And that's when I know I need to take a step and a step back. So realizing what that feels to you before you crash. Cause once you crash, it is so much harder to revive it. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I I get like dizzy. Yeah. And I just my brain just feels completely fried by the end of the night and I am literally like I don't want to do absolutely anything. I don't even want to watch TV. I don't even want to look at my phone. I don't want to consume, but I don't want to create. So I'm just yeah. kind you go of to like another extreme. It's like yeah. the busy extreme and the shutdown st- extreme. Yeah. So think of it as like, if you don't charge your computer, it's going to shut down and it's going to stop working. You mm-hmm. can't use it at all until you take it and rest. So burnout is not going to be solved over a weekend. It's going to be solved over boundaries and taking a break and taking your time and finding help. If you are discovering that you can't get yourself out of this cycle of burnout and the cycle of I'm, I'm finding myself being too busy and not actually going anywhere, then it's like busy is a treadmill and productive is actually running a marathon. So mm. you don't go anywhere at the treadmill, but you're kind of like still like, you know, getting the energy and expending the energy but the mile is actually going to take you somewhere and you're going to go further. Yeah. That's a terrible analogy, but it, it's working on it. My <laughs> analogies and stories. So I'm like, how can I, how can I fit this in something? <laughs> um, but find help and don't be ashamed. I, I think in COVID we've mm. also, I think our mental health is in acknowledging mental health is getting better and better slowly as a society. 
don't be scared to go to your boss and say, I am struggling to make boundaries and stick with boundaries. How can you help? And if you don't feel comfortable going to them, go to a therapist. And, you know, there are so many areas now with like betterhelp.com and, um, you know, online virtual therapists, then you don't have to go somewhere if you just can't. And that's okay. Yeah. Finding very convenient. someone to help and to support you is the important thing because without support, we'll never do anything. So absolutely. I, I absolutely agree with that. And I know sometimes when we do give ourselves that time to rest and take a day off, there's sometimes this guilt associated mm-hmm. with it. Yeah. I know my sister and I both um, recently just took a mental health day off and we, we both were just like, uh, like I yeah. feel guilty and there's yeah, a lot still checking to my do. Yeah, yeah. I was still checking my work emails. The last time there was a report that didn't get sent out on like my day, it was like the computer system messed up. And so I had to leave the report for someone else. And I'm sitting here like, I had to get my hair and makeup done for them. I was doing my hair and makeup trials and I was sitting here like going, I have to check my emails. And I, I think that's, it, it comes with doing it. I know that sounds really weird. It comes, think of it as like, you're building that confidence muscle to take those days off. It's, yeah. it's believe me there, if it's not going to get done, it's not going to get done and no one's going to die. Yeah. So and I think taking a break and knowing that you can, and once yeah. you do it a couple of times, you're like, Oh, okay, I can do this. And I'm not, nothing's on fire yet. <laughs> yeah. And I think a perfect, uh, action to take, to be a little bit proactive, to help you stick with that boundary is like letting your team and your clients or whoever it may be know that you are taking this time off. And if it is urgent, delegate someone else to assist, or Mm -hmm. if it's, you know, maybe you're a CEO and it's super urgent, you really need to address it, you know, leave your contact information. If it's an absolute fire, they can contact you by phone, but let people know that you are taking this time off. I think that is super helpful. I know with, with my job, I always set an out of office message, an automatic reply. It just, Hey, I'm not even looking at anything today. And yeah. I think just having that proactive step in, in place will help alleviate some of that anxiety as well. Because if you don't let people know, they're going to wonder why you're not answering. And then right. it goes down a rabbit hole of more anxiety <laughs> yeah. and everything like that. So, um, but my next question kind of was, and I, I've known, I know some people experience this as well is how do you navigate working with others or maybe it's your boss or it's a particular coworker or a client who doesn't have strong boundaries either. Say you do take mm-hmm. that day off and you do let them know you're not going to be available. They still continue to message you or whatever the case may be. And maybe they don't have those boundaries. So how would you kind of manage that in the workplace? Yeah, I actually have a perfect kind of story for this. It's not a dramatic story by any sort, but my fiance is the manager for one of a few restaurants and venues on our estate that we work on. And so he definitely, and he gets the same days off. He used to take, you know, Monday and Tuesday or whatever days he took off. He took the same ones every week. And we noticed that he used to get phone calls on Monday. So if he took Monday off, he would still get phone calls and text messages. A, I made him get a burner phone. That's what we call it. We call it his <laughs> burner phone because I said, if that's your work phone and that's your other one, then you 
you're going to have trouble taking away because this is, if you open it up and you're like, I'm going to call mom, but suddenly you have four work emails, your mind's going to automatically go to that. So, um, it's, he used to get phone calls and what he used to get so mad about them. And he'd be like, Oh, these people know I'm off. I'm like, but you're answering their text messages and their phone calls. So it's really hard to set a boundary and be mad at someone when you're breaking that boundary. So I, I think it's very honest. Be, it's all about honesty with yourself, what you can handle, what you can't. If you say my day off is Monday and I will not answer my phone unless it is an emergency, please don't text or call me. Then be honest with that and say, there might've been a text message. This is not an emergency. I will not text back. I'll text back when I get back in the office or when I'm back on for work. So you're going to have people that will fudge those boundaries. But if you are strong in those and you understand what your boundaries are, be honest with them. Say I'm off these days or, Hey, I got home at five 30 from work. I will answer up until six, but from six on is family time. I will not answer unless it is an emergency. And then if it's an emergency, we'll take care of it. But if so, please don't expect a phone call from me. Um, Being honest with that, being honest with your personal time and all of that. But if someone smudges that and keeps smudging it and keeps going over your boundaries, having a conversation saying, hey, these are my boundaries. I just can't do it because I want to have time with my family. And I think that's important. Most people are really good if you tell them, you know, once or twice, like, hey, this is it. Because remember, some people, we, we have trouble thinking beyond what I like to say, beyond our nose. So we think something that's an emergency, we have to get an answer now, now, now. It's not really an emergency. You can wait 24 hours and be honest with that. Hey, my response time is 24 hours. I will get back to you within that time at my earliest convenience. If it's longer than that, I'll at least acknowledge your message and let you know I'm, I'm going to email next in the next 24 hours or whatever you can. So giving honest expectations, letting them know your boundaries. And if they keep pushing your boundaries, it's hard, but you have to be strong with a consequence and say, perfect. That is a consequence. I am, we're, if you can, because it's hard with a coworker and a boss, I am stopping this connection. And maybe it's turning off your phone from now on and saying, I'm sorry, I have to, because if you keep letting people cross your boundaries, they're going to keep doing it because they don't know any better, nor do they expect any more. So I, I always, I find that once you give it a one or two of, Hey, this is what I expect from me. This is what I expect from you. And people don't tend to cross that once it is. Cause everyone wants the same for us. It's like, I wouldn't want someone to cross my boundary. So I'm not going to cross yours. So mm-hmm. I don't find that it happens too much. Of course, we all have those, you know, people that are like, mm, I have no personal space or, you know, I just don't understand social construct, you know, just understanding what consequence that is. And, you know, you have to come up with that and say, this is my, this is the consequence of breaking that. Boundary. Yeah. Absolutely. And maybe and it is leaving and saying that this is a place that doesn't respect my boundaries. Maybe it's going to a, a supervisor or a boss saying, Hey, I'm wondering how I can better help. You know, if, if they're coming to me all the time, is there someone else that, you know, maybe we take turns, can they go to them? Or is this, if it's not an emergency, can we wait to call at nine o'clock in the morning or something? So being honest and upfront with yourself as well as the person, and then people will usually be okay about it. 
Yeah. And I think that's important for anybody, no matter what age you are, whether you're in Mm -hmm. an internship or your attempt to hire work, whatever it is, we have to be strong-willed in setting our boundaries. And I think at least for me, I know if I was, you know, maybe 21 fresh out in my first job, I would be a little scared to, to say anything, but if, if you're someone listening right now who is just getting into the career path and you may not haven't experienced this yet, um, and you're maybe let's say you say you just did maybe, or something like that. Um, you know, you really have to recognize it just because you're new into a career or you just started or you're young or you're in an internship or whatever, you have to recognize that you still need to be valued and your job is important and you're there for a reason. They hired you for a reason. (laughs) So stick to it. It's, it's a little scary, but you know, you have to do what's best for you. And I even know people, myself included, we've been in jobs for only four to six months, like our first job ever career, um, four to six months. And you just, you realize, Hey, this is not for me. This is not working out. It's not a good fit, whatever the case may be. Um, and I think that can also be extremely scary for someone just starting out. But (laughs) like we said in the very beginning, your career path is might be a roller coaster. You might have a fork in the road where you do something temporary for just for a little bit, or you do an extreme job pivot. I, my college roommate, she went to school for um, education and she loved it. She was really, really good at it. And she did it for maybe a year or two after graduation she did her pivot. She's a recruiter now for, I believe it's a tech company and she is just absolutely loving it. But I think it was one of those things too, you know, even though you went to school for it and you did put a lot of that effort in there, it's okay to pivot. And I feel like we said in the beginning as well, a lot of people might be pivoting because they had that reflection time during the pandemic and recognizing their interests might not fit them or be in alignment anymore. So I think just understanding that change is not a bad thing and saying that, you know, you're not going to be a great and you're not going to be a great or a good employee if you hate the job. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's better for you and the, it's like a relationship. If you guys aren't, you know, (laughs) if you guys aren't, if you're fighting all the time and that you're like screaming, yelling at each other, then maybe we should get out of the relationship. Same with work. If you are dreading it and just hating it, then it's going to be better for both parties. If you, step back and yep. say, I need something else. And that's okay. Believe me, as long as you're not burning bridges and like, you know, slamming doors and writing nasty reviews on Glassdoor or anything, um, be, be just upfront and say, Hey, Oh, I need to step back yeah, and I need to take something else and that's okay. And give them your, you know, the two weeks, if not more, just be say, Hey, I'll be starting a new job, but don't, don't burn any bridges. Don't get crazy. Don't do anything emotional when you're in an emotional state, take a calm breath and understand that it is okay to change. We, we do so much changing in our lives, you know, in other aspects, you know, with diets and clothes, we don't wear the same clothes we wore in college or when I was in high school. Oh, thank God. I have a little more fashion sense, but like, we don't, say we're bad people for changing our style. We don't 
we don't go like, Hey, I'm going to color my hair. I'm a terrible person. It's the same with changing jobs. You just, because you need a change and something different doesn't mean you are a bad person. It doesn't mean you are flaky. It doesn't mean you can't stick with anything. It is okay to change and it is okay to experiment until you find something you are good at. Because honestly, how do you know until you try it? I don't know that I can't jump six feet in the air until I try it. You know, maybe I tell myself I keep, can't, I, I can if I jump off something, but you know, I, until I try it and I keep working at it and working at it, I don't know that I can't do it. So just, it's okay to try it and say, Hey, this wasn't right. I'm going to step back. Yeah. Wow. So many juicy topics here. I have one last question for you to top yeah. it off. Um, just in relation to how you help others as a career coach and careers in general, What's the top piece of advice you wish you had in your 20s? I think it's that don't be scared that change. Don't be scared that change is okay. Um, You don't have to jump at every opportunity. So it kind of goes back to knowing your why. Why am I doing this? What makes me happy? What do I hate? Because I'm that person, especially in high school, college, into my early and late 20s, I jumped at every opportunity. If someone gave me the chance, I did it and I went. I was working four jobs when I, before I landed my current career and stuff, I was working four jobs, just be, not because I had to, because I wanted to. Also, I lived alone and it was just me and my cat. So I was like, oh, I might as well. I might as well just go do something. And on the side, I was still acting and touring for school groups. So I was doing so much that I thought I had to take every opportunity and grab it. And that was the only way I could go. The problem is you tend to have a lot of opportunities in front of you and you're not narrowing it down. So you don't know how, how do I phrase this? I realized I got into a tangent that maybe that wasn't the way I wanted to phrase it. <laughs> well, I think it goes, it, I think you like yeah. what you were saying, it goes back to your why. So when, yeah. you, as you were saying that, you know, don't, don't take, don't bite off more than you can chew and yeah. you don't need to jump at every opportunity. I, I just completely thought of myself when I was in college. Um, I remember specifically my junior year, I was jumping at every single opportunity not really thinking through the why, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I was in at least four different extracurriculars and then I was working in the marketing department for my gym um, on top of all of my classes and I was living with five roommates and I was, I yeah. like, and then I realized I was mainly doing it because I just wanted their reputation on my resume right. and I wanted mm-hmm. employers to see all, all everything that I did, which is great. You, you should be involved in extracurriculars if you're in college right now, but, um, some of it really didn't benefit me. None, some, some of it, nothing even came out of. And now I look back, I'm like, dang, like I was so worried about just the reputation and how it would look to an employer versus what am I going to get out of this? What, what do I want to achieve from it? And how is it going to make my life one step above? Right. So what opportunity are you missing? So if you know your why, you know, what path to take and someone can come up to an opportunity and you say, Hey, do you want this? You're like, well, it's not going to advance me in mine. It's a great opportunity. No, thanks you. It also makes you feel better about saying no. Yeah. Um, especially my people pleasers out there. It's so easy to say, I'm just going to do everything for everyone, but knowing 
that you can't do it all, which was the hardest lesson, you know, it sounds like for you. And for me, it was the hardest lesson that I was like, I, what do you mean? I, I can't be on stage and be social media marketing and do this over here and teach. Like I can't do a thousand different things in one lifetime, you know, understanding that every opportunity is not an opportunity that will advance you. I think you hit it right on the nail that it's like, this wasn't getting me anywhere, but what opportunity did I take this for? And then this opportunity that excuse me, was going to get me somewhere I can't take now. So I think it's definitely knowing, you know, you're, there are going to be side trips in your little path, but they're not all available. They're not all great opportunities. Yeah. It's so important. So, so important. Oh, I wish I would love to just talk so much more on that. (laughs) That section. such a fun conversation. I I know, I know just because it's so true. I just, well, thank you so much, Effie. This has been such a good conversation. I'm so happy we had this. I really think <laughs> it it's going to help. I, love it. I think it's going to help a lot of these 20 somethings figure out some career stuff and it's going to set them up as well. I think we talked a lot of yeah. good information about, um, you know, just setting yourself up for your future career, wherever you're at in your career. So just let us know how can our listeners work with you, get in contact with you. Yeah. So you can follow me on Instagram is my main source is, um, at Effie Nestbaum. That's E F F I E N U S B A U M. And that's an Instagram. So, um, still looking forward to, um, what that looks like in the future for everything, but that's my rhyme. That's where I'm at. Yeah. I was looking for the new adventure too still. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was looking at your Instagram. You have a lot of great information on there that maybe we didn't get to touch on here today. I know you have a lot of great tips and details and information and how to's and top five reasons and things like that. I was, re- I love reading your content. So thank you so much. I will put your information in the show notes as well. And, um, you know, we just hope this helps you wherever you're at in your career as a 20 something. So thank you, Effie. Thank you, Nicole. And all of you out there. I love you guys. You've got wonderful things ahead of you. So thank you, Nicole, so much for having me. Of course. 